بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول کریم الحمد للہ چنائی از دا الیونتھ آف جولائی ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu. And inshallah to conclude the endless subsection in which we've been taking a glimpse into some of his priceless words of wisdom. So the last thing I mentioned yesterday was what the Urdu poet said, translated, by Mufti Shafi Rahmatullahi in Ma'riful Qur'an, volume 3, page 348 of the English translation. Remaining busy, getting ready to die. What else is there for me to do in this world? SubhanAllah. Remaining busy, getting ready to die. What else is there for me to do in this world? So no lot of wisdom in poetry. And this is a very intelligent, i.e. verse given by one of the Urdu poets. So the most important thing is to prepare and to be busy getting ready to die. And this is the whole point we're on, i.e. on this earth. So to conclude this truly inexhaustible section, I will relate a portion of a famous introductory sermon from the majestic Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu showing just how concise he was in his words, which at the same time overflowed with an enriched and truly pregnant meaning. So this report is recorded in Abu Nu'im al-Hidiyah, number 289, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 389 to 90 of the New English Translation. So this is part of his said, The best of creeds is the creed of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam. The best of all ways is the sunnah of Rasulullah The best guidance is the guidance of the prophets The most dignified discourse is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The best narrative is the Quran So stop in the report So Again, note his conciseness of speech. Looking at, at it very briefly, the best of creeds is the creed of Ibrahim. This was in reference to Surah An-Nahl, Surah 16, verse 123. Because this is the best creed, i.e., in terms of belief. Then he mentioned, the best of all ways is the sunnah of Rasulullah. Then he said the best guidance is the guidance of the prophets. This is in reference to Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6, verse 90. The most dignified discourse is the dhikr of Allah. Refer to Surah Al-Ankabut, Surah 29, verse 45. Wala dhikrullahi akbar. The best narrative is the Quran. Ahsanul Qasas, Surah 12, verse 3. Then he said, Coming to the rescue of a single soul is better than an entire kingdom in which justice cannot be upheld. 
coming to the rescue of a single soul is better than an entire kingdom in which justice cannot be upheld. So this shows the greatness I, of uh, preserving a life, saving a life. The worst regret is on the day of judgment. And the worst misguidance is to stray after being rightly guided. I refer to Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, verse 145. So we have many regrets. He goes, the worst of all regrets is that on the day of judgment you regret. And he goes, the worst misguidance is to stray after being given guidance. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَحَابَ The best of wealth is the wealth of the heart. The best of provisions is taqwa. I refer to Surah Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 197. The best of things to be placed in the heart is yaqeen, conviction. And the worst form of blindness is the blindness of the heart. Women are the traps of shaitan. I refer to Surah Yusuf, Surah 12, verse 28. Youth is a branch of insanity and wailing is amongst the acts of jahiliyyah. So, looking at this briefly, women are the traps of shaitan. Allah Ta'ala mentions that the guile of women is immense. Because they're planning, they, you know, when they try to attain something, their planning is immense, Allah Ta'ala says. Why? Because they're physically weak. So Allah Ta'ala makes hope for that in their guile. Youth is a branch of insanity. In fact, that's a hadith of the Prophet Youth is madness. Why? Because they don't think straight. And it's very interesting. The frontal lobe or the front, this part of the brain isn't fully developed. And they actually do mad things. And the proof of that is when you look back. So when you're actually a teenager, you don't know what I'm talking about. When you get older, you look back and you think, what was I doing? Youth is madness. And wailing is amongst the acts of jahiliyyah. Then he said, Truly the journey will end in a grave six feet long and then one's real goal or worth will eventually be seen. So now, this is part of his sermon. It doesn't sound like a normal sermon. And the response is yes, because he was one of the senior companions of the Prophet He's making statements and each statement is actually a sermon. So again, note, he was just like the Prophet ﷺ in his mannerisms. Like Hudayfa said, you can see it in his speech. Mm-hmm. Thus spoke the one about whom our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu I am happy that my Ummah have whatever Ibn Umi Abd is happy that they have. And I وسلم, detest for them whatever he detests for them. This is in Tabarani in his Ausat 7-69-70, Tabarani in his Kabir 9-80, Ahmad in his Fada'ilus Sahaba 2-838-840, Hakim in his Mustadrak 3-359 stated Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Bazar number 1986 or 5-354, Behaki in his Al-Madkhal page 138, Ibn Hiban in his Thiqat 2-60, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid 9-290 stated Hassan, Imam Sayyuti Rahmatullah stated Sahih in his Jami as sahih number 4458. So look at the level of confidence the Prophet had in him. 
The Prophet said, I am happy with what Ibn Umm Abd is happy for my Ummah. And I detest whatever he detests with him. Isn't that a glaring sign of confidence from the Prophet And similarly, our beloved messenger said to one and all Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma haddathakum Ibn Mas'udin fasaddiqu Whatever Ibn Mas'ud narrates to you, believe it. Ma haddathakum Ibn Mas'udin fasaddiqu Whatever Ibn Mas'ud narrates to you, believe it. This is in Tirmidhi, number 3662-3, Hassan, Ibn Majid, number 97, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 23275, 23419, Hassan, Ahmad in his Fada'ilu Sahaba, number 479, Ibn Hiban, number 6902 or 15-328, Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, 2-334, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 3-75, Sahih, Zahabi, Sahih, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, 7-433, Ibn Abi Asim in his As-Sunnah, number 1148-9, Tahawi 2-83, Tariq Baghdad 4-346, 12-20, Al-Khalal in his Al-Sunnah, 1-275, Al-Haytami in Mawadid Al-Zam'an, page 538, Mishkat in the fine qualities of the companions in general. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in As-Sahihah 3-333 and 3-336. So in this absolutely flawless report, the Prophet said, whatever he tells you, believe it. May the Almighty and Glorious Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala reward him with the most choicest of rewards for his untiring care in passing on the truly fathomless legacy of the Holy Prophets and Messages. Amen. So again, like I mentioned, and I promised that we will spend a few weeks, probably a month, going through some of his words of wisdom. So not again. When the Prophet said these words, he was relating to what I've discussed. That allowed himself. So now returning to his blessed life. During the era of the two glorious sheikhs of this ummah, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he was around the age of 40 years when our beloved messenger left the troubles of the mortal world and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq succeeded him. So it's always worth keeping in mind the age so at the age when Rasulullah left the world, he was 40. During Abu Bakr Siddiq, Radiyallahu's blessed, short but critical reign of just over two years, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud would frequently be consulted and was naturally a part of the elite consultative assembly at the time. So how high did Ibn Mas'ud venerate Abu Bakr radiallahu? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu, he held the two sheikhs of this ummah with great awe and he warned every Muslim. An integral part of the sunnah is to love Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu and to acknowledge their worth. An integral part of the sunnah is to love Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu and to acknowledge their worth. Recorded by Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar Rahmatullah in his Jami Bayan al Ilm, volume 2, page 187, Hayat al Sahaba, volume 4, page 797 of the New English translation. So now the wording is very important here. He didn't say it's part of the Sunnah. He goes, it's an integral part of the Sunnah. So what does integral mean? It means critical. It's like 
an engine without spark plugs is not going to start. <laughs> so the spark plugs are the integral part of the engine. That's what the word means. So what was Abu Abdullah ibn Masood saying? He goes, an essential part of the sunnah. Meaning if you haven't got this, why are you really following the sunnah? You missed out the integral. An integral part of the sunnah is two things. Number one is to love Abu Bakr and Umar. Number two, to acknowledge their worth. So be honest. If somebody asks you, do you love Abu Bakr and Umar? Yes. But you know that that answer is depending upon who you are contrasting your love to. So if somebody says, do you love Abu Bakr and Umar? Like Osman loved them. Who are you talking about? That means that my love isn't like theirs. That means he's more firm on the sunnah. Secondly, do you acknowledge their worth? So every Muslim says it. He goes, of course. They're great two shares. But how many people have a high level of understanding of that? Because that's an integral part of the sunnah. So not that's all you need to know about Ibn Masood and Abu Bakr. He was highlighting how critical it was to love and venerate. After a short but most glorious day, Abu Bakr, he fell seriously ill. When his illness took a turn for the worst, he called the eminent companions. He consulted them with regards to his success. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was ultimately chosen. So we know the details. But now look how beautiful. How beautifully did Abdullah ibn Mas'ud articulate this magnificent decision of Abu Bakr. So think about it. You know, you can do a talk about how Umar was elected. But Ibn Masood did it in such a beautiful way. What did he say? The three most penetrating and judicious people are the following. So what was the opening statement? He goes, these are the three most insightful, intelligent people. Three. The first... Musa salam's female companion who said, Allah Ta'ala quotes in Surah Al-Qasas, Surah 28, verse 26, Ya abate ista'ajir inna khayla man al-qawiyyul ameen Oh my father, hire him. Verily the best of men for you to hire are the strong, the trustworthy. So this is the first, he said, the most intelligent, penetrating, judicious person was a female. Musa alayhi female companion. Then he said, secondly, Yusuf alayhi companion who said, Allah Ta'ala quotes in Surah Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, Surah 12 verse 21. Akrimi mathwahu. Make his stay comfortable, for it may be that he will profit us, or we shall adopt him as a son. I'm going to explain this in a bit, inshallah. So who was the second most penetrating and judicious person? It was a male. It was the one who said, honor Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. 
And then Ibn Masood said, and lastly, Abu Bakr, when he appointed Umar as his successor. <laughs> so where's this recorded? In Tabrani, Hagim in his Mustadrak, 3-90, Sahih, Zahabi, Sahih, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, 14-574, Ibn Ishaq, Al-Bidaya, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Volume 7, page 394 of the English translation, Imam Sayyuti in his Tariq Al-Khulafah, Al-Haytami in Majma Al-Zawaid, 10-268, stated, Tabrani relates it with two Sahih chains, and all of them are flawless. Sorry, one of them. One of the chains is flawless. So let's look at this now. This is an authentic report. So these, Ibn Masood said, are the most intelligent people. So now think about it. Can any Mufassil have more knowledge of these people? No. Because the most learned of the Quran is Abu, uh, Ibn Masood. So who was the first? It was the female companion of Musa who was this woman. She was the daughter of the noble father. So many of the Mufassirin say the father was Shu'ib. He was blind at the time. And what did she say to her father? Oh my father, hire him. The best men for you to hire are the strong and trustworthy. That's actually very important when you want to hire people. <laughs> strong and trustworthy. Sometimes you get a trustworthy person but he's weak. Sometimes you get a strong person but he's not trustworthy. So Ibn Masood said, he was very intelligent. Did she know that this was a prophet of God? No. She only had one interaction with him. Musa helped them to, you know, get water out of the well, to water their flock. And then he went back into the shed. And what's interesting, if you look at the whole scenario, Allah, you can tell he's with everybody. This was a conversation between father and daughter. Allah was obviously there. Then you got the same incident a few moments earlier where Musa wasalam, he sits under the shade of the tree. What does he say? Rabbi inni anzalta min khayrin fakir. Oh my Lord. A destitute is in desperate need of whatever you can give. So he had fled from Firon and he was in a very bad state at the time. So look how beautiful Allah is giving you the whole scenario as if he knows everything. Of course he knows everything. So she was praised by Ibn Mas'ud and she later became the wife of Musa who was the second? Yusuf companion who was this person? This was the Aziz. This was the head minister or one of the chief ministers of the king of Egypt. What did he say to his wife? Make his stay comfortable it may be he will profit us or we shall adopt him as a son. <laughs> how did he know that? <laughs> if you see a slave, you're thinking, how do you know? How do you see greatness in him? <laughs> he just bought him. <laughs> and he goes, we will, and think about it, if you've got a slave, will you adopt him as a son? <laughs> Unheard of. But he goes, look, I know there's something special about him. <laughs> and of course he wants it. It was Yusuf Then, what did he say? And the third most penetrative and judicious person was Abu Bakr. <laughs> he didn't quote any Quran. He goes, because he appointed, appointed Umar as his successor. <laughs> that was shocking about that. Is that the only virtue he knew about Abu Bakr? You don't appreciate it. You think this is a small thing. So somebody goes, how was Abu Bakr elected? So you go through all the notes and bolts. 
And you think, well, mashallah, it was, seems like a straightforward process. Well, man, you missed everything. Abu Bakr, Ibn Masood said, he was brilliant. It was unbelievable how he appointed him. So he was saying, look, don't devalue this. Another thing which I want to mention. What did Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam's, you know, the Aziz call him? Because we will take him as a walada, an adopted son. The same thing was mentioned by Firon's wife, Asiya, radiyallahu. Because we will adopt him as a son, walada. Now what's shocking about that? On the face of it, you think, okay, mashallah. What's shocking about that is the name Musa is in Hebrew. Why isn't it Hebrew? Because where did he grow? In the Pharaoh's palace. You go to the Egyptians, the Coptic, Walada. He goes, what does that mean? It means the one taken out of water. You translate it, what does it mean? Musa. <laughs> so Allah Ta'ala has honored Asiya because she was the one who gave him this name. So if he was listening to her speaking to Fir'aun, she used the word Musa, <laughs> the one taken out of water. So that is actually another amazing thing about the Quran. Allah Ta'ala is giving you names, but you don't even, if you ask any Hebrew, they say Moshe. <laughs> Moshe, right? Musa. You know, no, that's not his name. He goes, what did he speak? He goes, Coptic, you know, they're going to use a Hebrew name, the slave's language. Or they're going to use their language. So Allah said, this is his name, Musa. So now going back to this report. Why was Ibn Mas'ud blown away by Abu Bakr's judgment? Because as proven, Umar was undoubtedly like an impenetrable dam that protected the Muslim nation from the violent waters of misguidance and the roaring waves of trials and tribulations. We're looking back. So obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing. You know, they say that. But he's not looking back. He's actually making a decision. Could there have been a greater leader than Umar? No. They couldn't have been a greater leader who appointed him. <laughs> you know, think about that. Somebody goes to you. How did he get that right? Don't forget, he's not spoiled. You know, he's, he's not spoiled for choices. He's, he's, in fact, he is spoiled for choice. Eight of the ten promised paradise. You know, Badri's galore. I could just pick anybody. And then who was the one who praised him? The one who had the greatest knowledge of the Quran. He goes, he had a very deep understanding of Abu Bakr. So now why is that important to highlight? Because compare that to what the deviancy. It was a game. He goes, they, you know, they, they, they wanted power. And they agreed that, you know, once you die, I will take power. So which one is the truth? Do you listen to Ibn Masood and his praise? Or do you listen to Bakwas? So that's why the Prophet said, listen to him. Believe, I didn't just quote those reports for blessings. SubhanAllah. Mm. Go back to those reports. I am happy with what he's happy with. I detest what he's detest. Believe whatever he tells you. He's praising Abu Bakr. Mm. What does that tell you? What was he praising him for? 
election of Umar. So who was he now praising? Also Umar. So note, the great Ibn Mas'ud, he was always there. And also note, he was the guide, one of the special guides of this Ummah. So all I mentioned today was I concluded with the endless series of talks with regards to some of his blessed words of wisdom. I only mentioned one report, and it was an enriched sermon of his. And then now we're once again going into his blessed life. We're at the age of 40, Abu Bakr, He's now elected the Khalif, Ibn Masood being the age of 40. And Lord Ibn Masood's immense praise of the great Abu Bakr. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanallahumma bihamdi, ashulai, lahumma, astaghfirullah, ubalaika, 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 subhanallah, ubalaika, 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 ubala